0: D. Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. What are the things that your kids do that make you want to take a vacation without them? Or just make you wish that their bedtime was earlier? They are delightful and they are quite exhausting, our little kids. Here's the thing. The things they do that get on your nerves, mostly, these are normal things and every kid does them. But I tell you what, they're whining and fighting or whatever it is that they do to get your attention. There are ways that you can react to them, or in some cases, ignore them, that help your kids become better humans. When you coach your kids through their annoying behaviors, you help them become better friends to their friends, better siblings to the other kids in the house, and ultimately better grownups. I've got two questions from listeners today that I know you will relate to. I have a question about my six-year-old daughter who has this habit of talking like a baby, like cooing, babbling, sometimes like a forced lisp, and it is driving my husband and I absolutely crazy. She's been doing this on and off for the last few years, and even her teachers at school have mentioned it. She does have a four-year-old sister but she no longer talks like a baby, and she'll do it uh, to my husband and I, family, extended family, grandparents, teachers, strangers. We just don't know how to get it to stop. We've tried ignoring it, raising her big kid voice, and calling attention to it, but nothing has seemed to work so far. Do you have any tips? Thank you. Baby talk is really common. But it's usually a short-lived, quick phase, and you can curb the habit before it gets out of control. But not always. First, let me frame the issue for you. Think about why a child would talk like a baby. Most kids think they sound adorable, but they're also at a delicate stage when they know they are moving away from being a baby, which was a time when other people did almost everything for them. And now they're moving to this age where they need to do more for themselves. They have to do a bunch of responsible stuff like using the potty on their own and helping out at home. And they want to hold on to that time when they felt safer and taken care of. To them, talking like a baby is a good way to get back to that safe time. The other thing about young kids like three and four-year-olds is that they're still trying to figure out the rules of the world. They test everything. And in this case, they're testing out a behavior to see what happens. A little bit older kids, like six, seven, and eight-year-olds, and unfortunately even older than that, they use baby talk as a way to get their parents to notice them. They don't care if they're annoying you. They just want to have an effect on you. Baby talk might also be your child's easiest way to communicate to you if they don't know how to communicate with their words. They might be trying to tell you they need help learning new skills. For example, if your child doesn't really know how to socialize with other kids They may use baby talk with their friends to attempt to socialize with them. And your child may need help developing their social skills. A child might also use baby talk to show their parents they can't do something that feels hard for them. For example, think about a six-year-old. They might stand at the buffet at a family party and turn to you and say, me want food because they're nervous about trying to serve themselves. They are signaling they are uncomfortable or anxious about the task in front of them. And I'll talk about how to address this. The other more obvious and pretty common reason for baby talk is related to a life change or stressful situation, something like a new baby in the house. So those are most of the reasons behind baby talk. The only caveat to this is that sometimes baby talk is because of an underlying problem, like a speech delay or another developmental problem, So if there are other major behavioral issues, you definitely want to pursue those with your pediatrician. I don't know exactly what is going on in this family, but it's probably a combination of several factors, but mostly that her daughter is feeling insecure at times and wants attention. Her daughter knows that when she was a baby, everyone took care of her. So now the only way she knows to check in with her parents to find out if they still will take care of her is to use baby talk. That's how she asks if they still love her and will help her when she needs help. So one thing this mother can try is to send a signal that she will always be there to take care of her. She can also outright say, I will always take care of you, or maybe just even try giving a hug. What else can parents do? The first step is always to ignore it, which this family has tried. If your child gets more attention for the baby talk, this is the reward that makes them want to do more of it to continue to get your attention. Even if you're annoyed and respond to them, when you give this kind of negative attention to a child, this is still attention and it's what they thrive on. So they're gonna keep doing it. If you can't ignore it, downplay the baby talk. Remain calm, respond to your child in a direct and straightforward voice. It's also a good idea to pretend you can't hear them or just say, I don't understand baby talk. Use your big kid voice to tell me what you want. Even to the point that if your child continues to use baby talk, you need to escalate your responses. Try being ridiculous. If she says, me wanna play with my baby, you respond, oh, you wanna eat dirt for dinner? Okay, I'll see what I can do. Just be crazy with it. If you have tried all of these things and the baby talk is still continuing to be an issue, you might not be the problem. In one family I know, the child uses baby talk because she knows her father will give in to what she wants, so she keeps doing it with everyone. It's important that both parents, and probably the grandparents as well, are on the same page and are consistent. And it can take two to three weeks of being consistent for the habit to be gone. You also need to reward your child's use of their regular voice. As often as you can, when your child uses their normal voice, pay attention and respond in a very attentive manner so they are rewarded. That reinforces using their big kid voice. The other strategy, if nothing else is working, is to add on more responsibilities so you have an opportunity to praise your child for being a big kid. Here's what I mean. Ask her to help with chores like putting away groceries or putting away laundry Then tell her how excited you are for her to be a big kid and praise her for her help. Sometimes the baby talk will go away if your child just sees herself as a competent big kid. When your child reverts to baby talk in a particular situation, teach them a better way to handle the situation. In the buffet example, this parent could say something like, it seems like you're feeling unsure about what to eat and what to take from the buffet. What do you think you could say instead? So I know you need help. Then talk with your child about some ways they can get help in a more effective and appropriate manner. This can be hard in the moment, so just remember to start by describing what you think your child is feeling, and you should be able to improvise from there. If your older school-aged child is using baby talk, it's usually because of an emotion that they can't express. In this case, you want to say something to your child like, I notice you're using your baby voice to tell me about what happened today. I wonder if you're feeling nervous about it and it's hard to talk about it. That might get your child to open up. This is actually a good strategy at literally every age. Kids, including teenagers, they do not want our advice or our criticism. They want our support. So if your child is whining about a friend, use the same tactic. I'm not kidding. You will feel the need to give your child a solution and offer advice about their difficult situation, but they don't want your advice. They just want a sympathetic ear. So say the same thing you would say to your young child. If you're talking to your teenager, just reflect back what they are saying and describe their emotion. Something like, I wonder if you're feeling a little left out or literally repeat what your teenager just said. Yeah, Jenny said the meanest thing today. And then let your teen keep talking. You see, your teenager wants your attention and support just as much as a toddler does. Okay, back to baby talk. As a parent, you're trying to modify an annoying behavior. And one of the best behavior modification techniques is to give tons of positive attention. When your child is using their normal voice, be sure to say, I like it when you use your big kid voice to ask for something and then give them a big hug. When your child uses baby talk, they are not strategically trying to annoy you. They're trying to get your attention for a need they can't express. Hi, Dr. Hunter. I'm hoping you can help me with a sibling issue that's causing a lot of stress in our house. So I have three boys The oldest two are eight and six, and they are just overly competitive with each other. The sibling rivalry feels like they are enemies most days. They obviously compete over things like sports and school, but then they compete over silly stuff like who got more French fries on their dinner plate and who got more letters right on their eye exam, like on a medical eye exam. The older one always wants the younger one to know how much smarter, more athletic, whatever he is. The competitiveness between them leads to constant fighting, and sometimes it gets physical and with wrestling or hitting. I just cannot go another 10 years listening to them fight every single day. I want them to realize that they are both on the same team and can both be successful in life, but I'm failing at getting that message across. Please tell me you have some advice. Thank you. You know what sibling rivalry is. It's the bickering and fighting between siblings that gets on everyone's nerves, It's the arguing, name-calling, tattling, physical fighting, taking each other's things, competition, and comparison between your kids. Just making that list kind of gets my heart rate up. Kids fight, parents intervene, and then the kids get all your attention, even though it's not for the thing that they want attention for. Why are your kids fighting? I wish I could say it was because one toy really is better, or one piece of cake really is larger, Those problems are easy to fix, and they don't have to happen again. Unfortunately, sibling rivalry is more complicated. It's related to birth order, family dynamics, individual temperaments, all things that you can't change and don't really have control over. So sibling rivalry is inevitable. I'm sorry. But at least you're not alone. And I promise I'm going to explain some of the benefits of sibling rivalry. There is a reason for all this fighting. Let's start here. The root of sibling rivalry is usually the feeling of competition. I always like to take issues back to the child's perspective. Your oldest child was once your only focus of attention. You had time to answer her requests quickly. She didn't have to share toys or food or your attention. She didn't have to share anything at all. Then a brother or sister comes along. Now you take more time to respond because you have a lot more to do. Then the kids get older. Not only do they have to share more, but the dynamic changes. Younger siblings may become more confident and develop their own likes, dislikes, and sometimes they're not going to put up with being pushed around like when they were smaller and younger. I'm sure this makes sense, but to put it another way, imagine your spouse brings home someone else and expects you to get along. That's not going to happen. Now, what about specific scenarios? Why do they happen? Sometimes siblings fight because one child is trying to get their brother or sister to play with them or give them their attention. And just like kids who baby talk who don't have social skills that are sophisticated enough to get another friend's attention, some kids fight or damage their friend's toys or siblings' toys because they don't know how else to get the other child to play. Siblings also might fight because they wanna see how much power they can have over their sibling. Your younger child might not have any other way to experience power than to push his brother. And an older child might try to get a younger child in trouble to make themselves feel more powerful. These dynamics are especially difficult between a sibling and a disabled child. That's a whole other problem. But kids might provoke their brother or sister with autism or with a disability just to get a reaction from them and to get their parents' attention. Your kids are going to fight at some point, but there are a lot of strategies that can help. If your kids aren't fighting yet, there are things you can do now. If they're really young, it's worth your effort to teach empathy and kindness from day one. One thing you can do is catch your older child being kind toward their sibling. With a new baby, praise your child for being gentle or waiting her turn while you finish changing the baby's diaper before playing with her. For siblings of toddlers, Notice when they provide even the smallest kindness, like say, ah, you helped your sister get up when she fell down, thanks for helping her. When kids get attention for kindness, you know what they're gonna do. More things to get attention for being nice. Another thing you can do is if one sibling gets hurt, ask your other child to help out. Send them to go get a Band-Aid or an ice pack. Or if a sibling is crying, say, oh, she's sad, and ask your child to get a tissue. Look for tiny little ways like this that you can start to teach empathy. Okay, what if the fighting has already started? I've got lots of tips for you. First, set a good example. Try to keep your cool and your kids will follow your lead and learn to stay calm too. It's okay for you to get upset, but the way you react and the way you calm yourself down is what your kids will see. Also, note that How parents interact with each other and with other adults sets an example for how children should interact. If you slam doors and have loud arguments, kids are more likely to see this as the way they should handle an issue, and they're going to slam doors and yell too. The next tips are all about giving your kids the attention they want. One strategy is to have one-on-one time. Make individual time for each child doing an activity of their choice. For young kids, this will be a really short time every single day. Most parents find that when siblings have even a brief amount of time one-on-one with a parent, there are less fights. When you do choose activities to do with them and it's the thing they love doing, they get the message from you that you understand their individuality. If your child likes reading, snuggle with them and read a book. If they love running around outside, put on your running shoes. This way, they will feel like you appreciate them as an individual, and again, they're less likely to fight. This means you should also be careful about labeling your kids. You don't wanna classify one as the athletic child or the smart one. It implies their worth is related to their performance in an area and can make them more competitive with each other. It's fine to list many of their great characteristics though. For example, it's fine to say, Abby is great at art. She's very caring, and she works hard at school. I know I don't need to say this, but don't compare your kids to each other. I have a really hard time with this one myself, even though my kids are five and a half years apart and they have different interests and are different genders. As you're aware, kids want your attention all the time, but you might not realize they're asking for your attention if it's subtle or when you're distracted. Your son might walk up to you and hold up a Lego creation he built, and he's going to jump right in and start telling you all about it. So you may not pay attention if you're busy washing dishes. You may not give your full attention. And then what's your son going to do? He's going to go pick a fight with his brother just to get your attention. My advice here is teach your child what to say when they want your attention. It should be something really simple. Have your child practicing, mom, can I please have attention from you? before they ask for what they really want or try to describe their Lego creation to you. It's interesting because the first signs of your child asking for your attention is when a child learns that if they put their arms up, you will pick them up. But we parents, we lose our ability to read our kids' needs like this when there are two or three other kids running around and we need to get out the door to soccer practice. Older kids don't hold their hands up when they want your attention anymore. Instead, they whine. It'd be real helpful if they would just raise both arms. Once your child starts using this system to ask for attention, you need to give them your full attention immediately for the first few times. If you're not able to, at least make sure that you acknowledge that they've made a request and tell them a plan for when you can give them your attention. The next set of tips are all about how to structure your life and home to avoid the fighting. If your kids fight really often, you need to set up playdates, find other friends. Your kids might need someone their same age with the same ability level or same interests to play with rather than with their sibling. Structure your home to create more chances for successful interactions between your kids. Put out toys you know that both kids like, or get art projects going or crafts going, things you know they can share. If you have the space in your house, give each child their own play area to do their own thing without getting in each other's way. Their space can be really small, like just a corner of a room, and you can use like a small carpet or rubber floor pads to mark off the area. Organize your day so your kids set a time for playing together. You can set a timer and plan an activity for them. And while you're at it, have a nighttime routine for siblings like they have to give a high five to each other or do a secret handshake before bed, or they have to say good night and I love you to each other. That also helps to get them on the same page and reduces fighting. You can also help prevent fighting when your kids create positive memories together. Activities like having regular family dinners, cooking together, or playing board games, those are great ways for kids to bond. They have to have shared fun moments to have less incentive to fight and more opportunity to spend time with you. I'm not saying go on an awesome family vacation together, but yes, family vacation or time away is really valuable for bonding, according to experts like me. The other things you can do to help prevent sibling rivalry are to teach your kids how to interact. They may not have the social skills to know how to include their sibling, so it's easier for your child to kick their sibling out of the game or playtime. Teach your older kids how a younger sibling can join in a game if they can't figure out how to do it on their own. Maybe the little sister can be the patient, or maybe the older sibling can keep score or create games for the younger kids. And when kids do fight, you can talk with them about it later. Coach your kids about how to respond when their sibling does something they don't like. Teach them to be assertive. If your child doesn't like when his brother calls him names, teach him to tell your brother, I don't like it when you call me names. My name is Jonas, and that is what I want to be called. And teach them that if they can't control their temper, they can use calm down skills like walking away, counting, or maybe just taking three breaths. When your kids are playing well together or just being in the same room with just pure harmony, that's a good time to get involved with them. Show interest in what they're playing with. Get on the floor with them and take a picture of them playing together and put it on the refrigerator so they have a reminder of playing well and see that you're proud when they play well together. And of course, recognize when your kids are playing well together and reward that behavior. The best reward is your attention. So telling them what you like or giving a hug is always a good idea and it might prevent a fight later between them. When your kids are actually in the middle of fighting, you need to try your best to let your kids problem solve themselves and resolve the fight on their own. If you have to get involved, ask them how to solve the conflict. Try asking, what do we need to do so everyone can have a good time? Remember that when you give the fighting your attention, you are rewarding them, and when you let it play out, you teach them to work conflicts out on their own. A lot of parents use timeout to get kids to stop fighting and calm down. And while kids may calm down and stop fighting, timeouts don't really teach kids how to resolve conflict. So you may want to rethink the strategy and try something else. When you do have to step in and stop your kids fighting, you end up in the middle being the judge. Try not to place blame on any one child, even if one child is to blame. First of all, it's hard for you to really know what happened. And if you don't know all the facts, you might accidentally be misguided. You don't know what happened earlier in the day that might've set off the current fight. But the real reason not to place blame or punish one child is that it can make the fighting worse if one child knows they can get the other in trouble by starting a fight. These are wily creatures you're dealing with. When you are doling out punishment, use the all in the same boat strategy. Whatever the consequence of the fight is, it has to be the same for everyone involved. If they're fighting over a toy, the toy goes away for the rest of the day for everyone. Your kids are quickly going to learn that it is in the best interest of everyone to find a solution before, you know, they are put in the same boat. After any big fight, check in on how the sibling conflict is going with each child if they're old enough to discuss and, and share about it. Maybe try this at bedtime when things might be calmer. When you listen to your child's perspective, you're probably not gonna solve the problem, but when your child feels like you're listening to them, it can go a long way to soothe their emotions. You can ask them, what were you feeling when it happened? What do you wish your brother would do differently? Your kids' emotions are not an excuse for their bad behavior, but kids are more likely to cooperate when they feel heard by you. And in the case of hitting and physical violence, Tell your kids every time that violence is not acceptable. You can still ask them about their feelings afterward. It just doesn't make their actions okay. It's never okay to hit. Finally, if there are things that you know always cause a fight, you have to create rules about those issues. For example, if they fight over their time on the trampoline, have rules about how long each child can be on it. You may even need to have a family meeting and create clear rules for everything they fight about, this is in your best interest. It's easier to point out a rule than to choose which child is right in a given situation. Point out the rule and let them figure it out. And you may need to put in earplugs and that's totally fine too. It can also be helpful to define your family values. Talk with your kids about what your values like respect, kindness, and supporting each other are in your family. If you talk about these and write them down in something like a family manifesto or family value statement, You create a sense of unity in your family and your kids have expectations for their behavior. That was a lot of tips and a lot for you to do, but here's the thing I want to leave you with. You as a parent can set up all these parameters and use all these tricks and your kids are still very likely going to have sibling rivalry and that's fine. I am not only giving you permission, but I'm encouraging you to not make their fighting your problem. Here's why. There are benefits to sibling rivalry when you have set the stage by doing some of the things I talked about. Sibling rivalry and fighting helps kids learn to navigate power struggles when they're older. They learn to compromise, manage and resolve conflicts, and be more assertive. A lot of adults are terrible at these things, and it might be because their parents didn't let them fight and didn't let them work it out on their own. You are not going to eliminate sibling rivalry, but you can use these conflicts as teaching moments with the hope of maximizing the benefits. I know it is so annoying when your kids squabble, but really try to not be the one to regulate their fights. It's okay to say when they're yelling, mom, it's okay for you to say, you guys need to work this out. I'm talking about older kids, of course. Take comfort that most sibling issues are going to resolve with time and with your kids' maturity. Try to pause. Enjoy the brief moments where your kids are actually playing nicely together. Remember to take a picture when they're playing well and hang it on the fridge. Those are the moments that we had kids for. And keep in mind that conflict resolution is a really advanced skill. I know you know some adults who are still struggling with it. There you are. The answers to two common parenting questions about annoying kid behaviors And it turns out the short answer to both of them is that kids just want your attention. Think of other annoying things your kids do. Are they also because they want your attention? It's funny because I know what your dream is, to be alone and have nobody give you any attention. It's ironic, right? Send me your questions, especially the ones that you can't get answered in the pediatrician's office. We'd love to answer your questions in clinic, but the truth is, these really common issues, they have really long answers. I wish I had a pill that would cure baby talk. I don't have a pill, but I do usually have some good advice. So send me your questions. For more from The Pediatrician Next Door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to Hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.